Welcome. To Arcade Audio. Welcome to the Blank Slate. Thanks for pressing play. This is your host, Rich. Uh, welcome to part three of uh, me and uh, my co-host, Chris Mullet. Uh, our top ten of the decade, uh, the first two parts, if you haven't listened to them, go back, uh, was just kind of, the first part was top ten, uh, unscripted, documentary, reality, kind of catch-all uh, stuff. Uh, part two was uh, best scripted TV shows of the decade. And now for uh, the big boy, uh, top 10 movies of the decade. Um, but yeah, thank you very much for listening. Um, hopefully we're going to be putting some more stuff out on uh, the blank slate, the blank slate feed uh, over the course of 2020. And enough of my nonsense. Uh, take it away, mullet. And... That's it, yeah, because we already recorded the uh, outro for the show, so that'll be it for current day, most recent, Rich. Um, yeah, take it away, Mullet. Main event, movies, 2010s. This is difficult. It's very difficult. What is your number 10, Rich? All right. Uh, just to be forewarned, I have another list of 20 here, um, so, you know, there's that. <sighs> My number 10 was alluded to earlier. It's the Florida Project. On my list of honorable mentions. It's it's a goddamn beautiful and sad uh, and fucking sanguine ass movie. Um, I don't. Yeah. I I still don't know if I'm able to like separate it from like the Florida of it. Um, yep. But it did nail it, and oh, absolutely. Like it nailed being a kid in the summer in Florida where it's just, you're hot, you have to be outside and you just, just get into shit. And, um, Willem Dafoe is, is great in the movie and it's, and it's, it's beautifully shot. Um, like I love the fact that they use the, the real Disney fireworks. Um, I can't help, Mm -hmm. but feel like that was probably right around the corner from you. Uh, yeah, it's I've driven past many of the moments in the movie. Yeah. <laughs> both both in theme and both in an actual existence. <laughs> if that makes um, sense. It's it There's so much thought behind the way it was shot and the way it mm-hmm. portrays the the kids and I don't know, man. It's it's fucking beautiful and I'm I'm crying like a baby after every fucking time I watch it, which has been a lot. Yeah, I've only seen it the one time, unfortunately, um, and I know I need to experience it more. But it, it's it's a weird movie to rewatch. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I don't I don't see it being a movie. I'm like, oh, I'm just gonna throw Florida Project on. Like, I want to because of how good it is. Yeah. But it's it's not that movie for me. It's it's um, when I rewatched it, it was a movie where it was like, ah, oh, let's we should you should I, I think you'll like this movie that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, sure, 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 sure. Yeah. And also, like, I guess I can get, if you don't like it, like, when I saw it in the theater, I was by myself, and with that ending that it has, I don't want to spoil anything, I'm blubbering mm-hmm. like a fucking idiot, and yep. the girl next to me says to her boyfriend, like, I don't get it. I, I don't like, get it. <laughs> fucking, 
fuck you. I can't. It was. <laughs> it was, it was fucking that very much happened for me in No Country for Old Men. Was like I was with a big group of friends, and me and my buddy Matt Levin were like, that was like one of the greatest movies I've ever seen. And our one of our friends was like, just laughed when the movie ended. She's like, what the fuck was that? I'm like, you're not my friend anymore. Like, you yeah, just you don't fucking. You didn't see that in Gainesville, right? Because I, I was just I just listening to the Ticket Stub episode, uh, bonus episode today. Oh, no, no, no. Uh, no, I saw that uh, on uh, Thanksgiving break. Uh, okay. I saw that in Stewart with, like, Matt Levin, Keaton, my friend Catherine Lawson, who was the person in question that I was saying didn't get it. Like, it was like a group of, like, five or six of us. Yeah. So I think I went back and watched it in Gainesville. I forget who with, because Sam hadn't seen it until we did it I for think the I podcast, might have been there, because so. when you said, like, yeah, only you and Levin liked it, I'm just like, motherfucker, I liked it. Um. Yeah. Uh, or maybe I'll, we saw it again with a different. I think we were with a different group of people. Maybe. Yeah. But um. But yeah. No. It's yeah. Florida Project. Not gonna be for everybody, but for the people that it's for, especially if you're from Florida, it is for you. My number ten. I realized I did my list, and I had an original number ten, and I was like, I really don't have like a true and true comedy on my list. Um. And it was a weird decade for comedies. There's still plenty of good ones. I don't know if there was really a lot of like great ones, at least in my opinion. So I went with the one I think that's the great and I think that's the most famous of the 2010s. My number 10 is Bridesmaids. Dude! Oh, man. That was like my number 10 for a long time and then I fucking yeah. pushed it out. Uh, yes. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. It holds up. Mm-hmm. Has maybe the comedy performance of the decade in it, uh, which led to a lot of a lot of good and a lot of bad, yeah. <laughs> but there's 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 no denying the Melissa McCarthy performance in that, and also just from an ensemble standpoint, yes. standpoint, it really started a much needed movement in comedy, specifically mainstream comedy, to where we kind of are now, which is a much better place than we were when that came out near the beginning of the decade. So, Bridesmaids is. There's a joke in Bridesmaids that makes me laugh a new way every time I watch it. And it's on TV mm-hmm. all the time now. And it's one of those rewatchable cable movies. Yeah. So, yeah, Bridesmaids is my number 10 uh, without question. Nine. My number nine movie is Creed. <sighs> That's my number two. <laughs> Woo! Yeah. Baby! Fuck yes. Yeah, dude. I am all for it. That movie, that climax got me out of my fucking seat in the theater. Yes. Like. Which is exactly what that that series, that's what those movies do. Yeah. And then you, you, you tack on top of it the most exciting filmmaker I think to potentially come out of this decade mm-hmm. uh, somebody who could very easily be the next Spielberg but also still be himself along with Barry Jenkins as like just groundbreaking range um, the one takes and the emotion and it invokes past without with being its own and then you have Sylvester Stallone Dropping the motherfucking dick of all dicks on that part. I, before I die, I'm going to meet Mark Rylance and punch him in the face because <laughs> he did not deserve. I'm not seeing Bridge of Spies. I'm a human being. <laughs> so I don't give a fuck how great he was, 
you give that Oscar to Sylvester fucking Stallone. Yeah. It was your number two movie. Go ahead. I, it sucks that Sly is going to get a makeup Oscar for something shitty. No, it's, it's not. <laughs> that was his chance, man. Yeah, <laughs> he's not getting anything. He'll get, he'll do something where he's fucking mumbling and stumbling around and shit like that. I don't know. He has his Oscar for Rocky. Like oh, he right. has it for like being a producer on Rocky. So he's fine. Giving Sylvester Stallone an, an acting award may actually be what we talked about with cats and like end it all. So we probably saved everything, but you can't deny that that's him knowing that character without question and then just giving it everything he has left. There are sequences in that movie that are literally breathtaking and like say what you will about uh, the sequel, which, you know, um, I went and saw that like Thanksgiving night. I didn't, I wasn't a fan either. Um, but I supported their creative endeavors behind it. Uh, sorry. And like, say we will about the fucking movie as a whole and like, you know, where focus should have been or like, you know, this and that, this and that. Um, went and saw Thanksgiving night. Like, I think that was like, it's opening night or whatever. Um, and Mm -hmm. that final fight, like the crowd in the theater was reacting to it as if it were a live boxing match and people were fucking hype and like clapping along and like cheering and rooting and like again out of their seats and shit and like yeah those god nothing like a good fucking boxing movie um nope yeah well yeah creed's my and you can go creed's my number fucking creed's number two (laughs) there's nothing wrong with that uh you can go and vote for that movie as uh, the 2019 Mullet Award winner for best movie, currently, uh, arcadeaudio.net slash Mullet Awards. There may be another movie from this uh, this year that we're going to talk about later that's also up for nominee on that. So it was one of one of three movies. It was the only non-Toy Story movie this year that got perfect tens on Married with Movies. So uh, it probably should have been higher, to be honest, on my list but with everything else I have, but it's it's great. What's your nine? My number nine. This look, man. This is dumb as hell, but it's my list. So fuck you. Say it. It's fast five. Do it. Was it? Oh, who was it? I don't remember her name, but I was listening to. Uh, I forget the name of the Ringer movie podcast is with uh, the big picture. Chris Ryan in the the big picture. Yeah, and it was on what's her name's top five of the decade. So you're fine. <laughs> I was and see here's the thing. I was torn between that and Fate of the Furious because that's like you know one of my favorites. That's might be my favorite, but Fast Five is the one that mm-hmm. like turned it into what it is now and like actually made it something you have to acknowledge and reckon with at the very least. Uh, yeah, is it's is it. Is it the best heist movie of the decade? I'll, I'll give you that one. Okay, I'll, no, no, I'll, I'll, I'll give you that. I'm asking one. you because, like, what other heist movie? It's not exactly been like a a banger decade for heist movies, but you got like, Baby Driver. I don't know if Baby Driver counts. Yeah, that'll be the yeah, only one. That's I not can even think something of. that's on my list. I love that movie, but it's not even on my on my honorable mentions. Yeah, it's not on my it's not my honorable mentions either. I thought that movie was overrated personally, but um, but uh. Yeah, no, I, yeah, I'll, okay, I'll give it to you. 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'll give it. I'll give you the past five. Yeah, I'll give it to you. You don't have to give me anything. It stole it because it's a great heist movie. You are correct. Fine. <laughs> Fine. Uh, Wore me down. All right. One thirty in the morning. You win. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I win. Uh, my number eight is that what we're on? Yes. Uh, my number eight is uh, a, a recent movie, uh, an animated entry. It is Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. And that was earlier when you said you had two. I I knew that was nope. what the other one was, and that's totally fair. It's it's my, the last movie on my honorable mention list. It. Checks every box for me, uh, mm-hmm. as uh, as as a movie would. Um, it does new shit visually, uh, creatively, um, uh, narratively, performance wise, um, just everything. It and 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 uh, talk about a movie that just like subverts expectations and just it fuck it changes it just changes the fucking everything you know about like spider-man movies it's fucking great we've been uh, watching spider-man movies too much arguably yeah. and it was still 20 able years to come up with, tw- yeah and it was still able to come up with like the freshest of them yet is is it fucking mm-hmm. incredible and again t- fucking brian tyree henry's in that motherfucker um uh who else god damn the, the, the cast is fucking jake johnson um, Nick Cage. Johnson, maybe, maybe you talk to a lot of, of uh, my friend Justin at work is Spider-Man is his father essentially like Spider-Man is very influential in his life and he will tell you that Jake Johnson might be the best Spider-Man ever yeah I'm I, I will subscribe to that yeah uh, so that was my number, uh, eight, well, my number, number eight. eight my number eight is also in the superhero genre and I'm cheating here because I'm saying two movies, but I can't separate the two of them. My number eight I'll give it is Infinity you. War and Endgame. Yeah. Because that will be, when I am an old man, that is my Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi. Yeah. Like, that is... There will not be... A, I don't think I'll ever experience a moment in a theater like opening day. We just got off a fucking cruise ship boat and immediately drove to the theater on opening day to see Infinity War. Sold, sold fucking out. I somehow ended up sitting next to Jimmy Mattingly, totally random as hell. I was <laughs> like, oh, hey, Jimmy, what's going on? And then we sat there for the next three hours and proceeded to just have our jaws filled with tears at the end of that fucking movie. And just sitting there being like, fucking credits, credits, credits. Like, I was just begging, like, end it. Fucking do it to us. And then it happens. I'm getting goosebumps talking about it right now. Like, <laughs> the coolest theater moment ever. And then Endgame was just like, Endgame was almost to me like the epilogue. Like, Endgame did exactly what it needed to do and had an emotional moment that I weep like a fucking baby every time I've watched it since. Which goddamn one, dude. Um, it, it kept me fucking rolling with just, oh, yes. I thought I was out of the woods. Nope, here it comes again. Endgame. Uh, yep. Charlie was actually with me. Charlie, Charlie's here. It, it, feel free. That mic is on. If you want to hop on and, and tell everyone how much I was bawling like a baby, like feel free. You were, you were, yes. He was, was hysterically crying in the theater. It was insane. I, sure. I had the, the because it's ten years. It's ten years of build up to this culmination, and it's it gives you all the emotions of everything. Because in this track, you've had very few turds. You've had just this this 
amazing achievement that I get emotional just thinking about it just as a movie fan. Like, how this got pulled off is will never get the recognition it deserves. Um, so those two movies it's are fun, special. Because they have billions of dollars, so... Well, yeah. it, <laughs> yeah. at the end of the day, I think uh, Endgame is the perfect Herald, so... Didn't you say that shit when it came out? I did, and I'll say it again. <laughs> You'll say it I'll again. I'll say it again. I, I'll sometimes think about Endgame and how I reacted, and I won't believe it. It's like, no, I didn't. I didn't. I didn't do that. But we I have witnesses. Did. Yeah, no, yes, I know there's did. witnesses, but it doesn't feel like it. Because, like, you want to try and, like, I don't know, not, like, keep these, like, superhero movies at an arm's length as an adult, but you still mm-hmm. want to be able to, like, contextualize them in the grand scheme yeah. of, like, movies and stories and stuff like that. And, mm-hmm. and not... As someone who like isn't nearly as fucking invested as someone who's like read every comic and you know bought every fucking compendium and this and that and fucking has the underwear and shit like that, like why did it get me so fucking hard? But you're like right, it's mm-hmm. fucking all that that buy-in. So it's not on my top ten list, but Endgame was in my twenties uh, yeah. uh, in my yeah in my honorable mentions. So, but yeah. I'm, 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 if it makes you feel any better, like you would have thought that in my theater when I when me and Sam saw it in theaters, you would have thought we were at like a Jim Henson's funeral. Like you could, it sounded like oh like God. there were four hundred cocaine. You, it sounded like there was four hundred cocaine addicts in that theater. Like there was not a dry nose in the whole fucking thing. Uh, what city was that again? Uh, Orlando. Oh, okay, I thought <laughs> it was Orlando. maybe Miami. So I was like, well, maybe it was, but oh <laughs> no, no, we saw that. We saw that here. Um, all right, so that was my eight, so it was my turn for seven, correct? Mm-hmm. You already did your eight with Spider-Verse? Yeah. My seven is Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Late entry. I've rewatched it since I saw it in theaters. remember exiting the theaters and being like, that was very good. But as a, as Tarantino being my favorite filmmaker, I was a little underwhelmed. So as soon as I had the ability to rewatch it, I did rewatch it. And I kind of got it more upon the second viewing. Um, It's a personal love letter that checks all your boxes if you're a Tarantino person. Um, And I think that Brad Pitt's performance in it ultimately may somehow top Samuel L. Jackson as like his best character and best performance in his, like, in his history. Um, yeah, I absolutely, absolutely dug it. I know some people did not. I did. Uh, I I dug it a lot. That's probably, like, one of my top three Tarantino movies. I'm not a big Tarantino guy, not nearly as much as you are or Spencer is, but Correct. Um, I started I started with that movie in my top ten and, and eventually, like, fell. Um, but... Yeah, it's it's probably it's probably sublime. third or fourth for me. Uh, my top two is going to be really hard to beat between Pulp and Bastards. Mm-hmm. I think Hollywood ultimately for me, I think what Hollywood's going to not be third for me is there is like maybe like 10 to 15 minutes too much of just driving. <laughs> like I think I think that's what bother a lot of people about is that 
it does just like kind of take its time more than the Tarantino movie with like not doing anything. Mm-hmm. But I think that's part of it is he wants is. to have you get the sense of like, hey, this is how it was. And wasn't it great? Well, like and- there was no worries. There was no this was the environment. And and that's what it all builds up to with this. I think the other problem people have with it is it's another revisionist history movie. Um, but if you had been stupid not to know that that's what it was going to be. So if you go oh, in yeah. expecting that, yeah. then you're fine. Yeah. Also, any movie that can have uh, a, a, a grown man eat Kraft macaroni and cheese out of a pot and listen to MacArthur Park being sung is just a movie after my own heart. That's literally – I've done that before. Yeah. So that, that's just me. Uh, it, also, on the driving thing, just like that's, that's just like an L.A. culture thing. That's sure like car culture. That goes back to like fucking American graffiti and shit, you know? Um, yeah. Yeah, that's, I didn't, that didn't bother me in the least. Um, my number seven. What's your seven? Uh, you know, how I was like talking about keeping like superhero movies at like an arm's length. Um, yeah, well, it's Spider-Man at eight, and I got Black Panther at seven. Um, okay. Black Panther is maybe the most rewatchable superhero movie to me right now. Um, mm, interesting. Again, fucking Coogler crushing it. Michael yep. B. Jordan crushing it. Um, yep. An incredible supporting Best villain cast. of the decade. Best villain best of the decade. In um, uh, a, a superhero movie. I have another villain coming up later who's the best villain of the decade, but we'll get okay. to Ooh, I think I know, and I might agree. Um, you, you, you do. Yeah. Yep, yep. Excellent. Um, he, uh, uh, th- uh, to quote, um, fucking Jack Black and High Fidelity. The soundtrack kicks fucking ass. Um, yes. Like, the needle drops in that movie are fucking golden. Um, yeah. I, I, could, I could just watch that movie a billion damn times. It's gorgeous. It's visually fucking stunning. And, and, and just like, yeah, you can watch it a billion times and, and, and just get new shit out of it every time. It's, it's excellent. And again, it's just, it's also look. just fucking hard to avoid like big popcorn superhero movies yeah. from this decade when you're trying to make a list like this, unless you're going to go like all fucking mm-hmm. like indie wire or whatever bullshit, which I'm not. Yeah. And yeah, uh, no. we very much are like that. Uh, I didn't have black Panther in my top 20. I really like black Panther. Um, it, I don't know what, I just have a disconnect with it. I don't know why I, I thoroughly enjoy it. There are just others that I would have for me personally over it. The other two honorable mentions I had were Logan, um, yeah, and and Guardian and the first Guardians of the Galaxy because Guardians of the Galaxy was another one of those like in theater moments because you weren't familiar with the characters mm-hmm. that like mm-hmm. was like oh my god what is this whole new world and you have James Gunn's energy and influence like like those like were a little bit different to me. Panther, big time. I'm gonna go on record right now and say. Black Panther 2, I think, is the best chance any movie has of beating Force Awakens at the domestic box office. I think if all of chips fall in the right way for Black Panther 2, I think that could make like a billion dollars in this country. Like, all alone. Yeah, I could see that. Especially like with as much time as they're giving it to fucking breathe in between installments. It's kind of, I think it's like penciled for like 2022, yeah. maybe 2023. Like it's going to be the right amount of time where people are going to be clamoring for it. 
Um, and it's you got everybody back mm-hmm. and just put everything up the right way. That could be absolutely insane. Yeah, I'm just like re um, running is, like different segments in my head, just like the the car chase, the whole the whole uh like sequence oh, yeah. in, in Korea. Uh fucking the, um you know. uh uh oh god, Andy Circus's claw, like mm-hmm. just good shit, man, all around. Um you know, and and maybe the oh, line one of the say. lines of the decade is just the, is uh Killmonger's final line, final declaration about bury me my ancestors. Yeah. Like that, that, that moment is just it's still pissing me off. He did not get nominated for that. Oh, motherfucking, uh, uh, fucking Sterling K. Brown in that motherfucker as well. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Oh, so good. And then, uh, what you're mm-hmm. saying about, um, Guardians is like that, that it was a big, like, kind of paradigm shift for, for Marvel as well. It, it, like, opened up the entire universe. And then, yeah, again, it was just a different tone we hadn't been introduced to yet. So I get that. Yeah. Um, What's your six? Six. Uh, so, as much as I was just shitting on like IndieWire, uh, this is something that I think satisfies uh, big popcorn box office as well as uh, your uh, cinephile delights. I have Mad Max Fury Road. Very good pick. I do not have it on my top twenty. Wow, but that is just a that is just a me thing. I was talking about this with I was either Tony or Zangry recently, and we're, we were having the similar conversations we're having now, uh, very truncated. And I was like, it was got brought up, and I was like, I gotta rewatch that because I was in the theater and I was like, okay, like I just huh. did it just didn't get me, and I don't know how it checks almost all my boxes and it just didn't. So sell me. I well, that's the thing is like if you don't see it again in a theater, I don't know how you'll right. Yeah, because like I missed it in its first release, and then around like award season, it got put back in theaters. So I fucking went to the ArcLight and saw it, and yeah, mm-hmm. and and by that point, it had been hyped up, and people have been talking about it. And I probably had it like spoiled for me different five different ways. Um, yeah, but just. For the sheer fact of knowing, like, most of that's practical, which is, mm-hmm. like, incredible. And and I, I had also just never seen a Mad Max before. I still haven't. That's, that, this is my Mad Max. Uh, I had seen Beyond Thunderdome on TV many years prior, which maybe also is part of the problem. Yeah. <laughs> because uh, I've seen that. And, 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 you know, like, I was able to, like, push out of my head just, like, another... Tom Hardy face appendage movie. Uh, so, like, once you just kind of push past that, like, Charlize Theron's given a killer performance. Um, that's, an, that's an all-time action heroine performance, absolutely. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I just, you know, I really dug the story. It was, it was a story you just weren't really seeing. And, um, yeah, it just, it's just, it's, it's what, fucking movie theaters are for it really is like and, it is. and so yeah so that's why i'm just like if if it didn't catch you on the big screen i, I don't know how else it would yeah like i don't know give it get a seventy thousand inch tv that's a movie theater projector okay, never mind. i it was one of the rare times where like a critically lauded movie like that 
like didn't catch me, but it did get Sam. Like I remember actually, it seems like that was great. And I'm like, really? Like, what am I missing? Like, I felt like on this like little island <laughs> that I just couldn't get. Yeah, I was like, yeah, the fucking like guy these... on on the front of a truck playing guitar is dope. But yeah, that and it, also just like these incredibly like visceral moments and a lot of just like viscera in general just like all around the movie but uh just like the 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 center of the movie like the heart of the movie was very like tender and and so that also just was um narratively that worked for me a lot gotcha well eventually i know we have it somewhere upstairs we'll i'll tackle it i'll tackle it again at some point um my number six I feel like this is low from everything else I'm seeing and reading and hearing, mm-hmm. uh, but it, it it's still uh, definitively maybe the most important movie. Not the most important, but one of the most important of the decade. My number six is The Social Network. That's my number four. Number four? Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, it's the biggest fucking travesty of all time at the Academy Awards. <laughs> uh, from everything. Director, actor. Well, who went after that year? Who did Eisenberg lose to? I don't remember. Eisenberg, maybe less so. But picture like that movie is now. Like that is the story of our times being told by one of the directors of our times with one of the greatest scores of our times. It it just captures what was happening in the past, present, and future in such a small time capsule of, of a moment. And it's it's just smart. And you have Aaron Sorkin. Mm-hmm. The movie is two hours, so you figure it should have been a 120-page script, and it's like a 180-page script. Like, mm-hmm. they basically are on 1.5 the entire time as they're doing it. Um, it's... And it's somehow incredibly easy to go back and just throw that on. Mm-hmm. Like that movie shouldn't be a movie you just like waste a day having. Like, yeah. like that should be a set aside movie. No, that's a a background noise movie. That's a that's a any mood you're in movie. Yeah, it fills it fills a lot of roles, um, and also just like introduced us. Uh, to a lot of players that like would that are still relevant today you know i mean like between you know like that was probably a lot of people's first introduction to eisenberg uh is that before or after Zombieland? uh after Zombieland was 2009 okay and so, adventure land was 2008 yeah but no but i mean but it was yeah, I'm almost. Uh, it might have been 09 as well. I don't remember, but they were both definitely before Social Network. Well, well, definitely Andrew Garfield and and Army Hammer for sure, um, and Rooney Mara and Rooney Mara, um, and yeah, like there's no way you can really know how on the head you got it, <laughs> like mm-hmm. down the road. Um, but there could absolutely be a sequel to this movie, and. Reality can still dictate more sequels the further down the road we go, which is fucked up. I had just recently listened to the rewatchables on this episode on this Mm -hmm. on social network. And they're talking about how like 
like, yeah, there can be a fucking sequel to this. And what the fuck would that be? And how quickly can I get in line for it? You know what I mean? Like, absolutely. When you were ta- when you were starting that point earlier, we we had just finished going over the uh, the actors. You're like, we have fucking Rooney Mara and Army Hammer, Andrew Garfield, and you're a good pregnant pause. And I thought you're gonna go. And Justin Timberlake was there. <laughs> <laughs> This is the best performance of Justin Timberlake's career in life. Like that's, he was perfect for that. Mm-hmm. Um, it, well, it just yeah, because we all know what's cooler than a million dollars. Man, and now that's such a fucking Doctor Evil moment. It's, <laughs> it's hundreds of billions of dollars. Yeah, exactly. Um, um, yeah, also, and it's just like talk about what? fucking superhero mashups. Like that's. The uh, creatively, that's a fucking Hollywood superhero mashup. Putting Sorkin and Fincher together, like whoever really yeah. like thought about doing that before to begin with, like what the fuck, man? Uh, and that honestly, a sadomasochist. Well, that, <laughs> because... that's the thing is like that could have broken the way it did, which was excellent. There was just as equal a chance as that was a fucking disaster. There's just a chance that everyone quits. Sure, <laughs> like not not everybody like. Gyllenhaal has been very blunt about how like Zodiac almost killed him. <laughs> like he's like, I'm doing fucking 50, 60 takes of this very minuscule thing. And they're not doing minuscule things. They're doing like one take Rooney Mar and Jesse Eisenberg, like breakneck pace, fucking dating argument scenes. You know, like yeah. it is, it is rough city. Uh, just because you brought his name up, and I don't foresee him coming back up again uh, on the rest of the podcast, I would just love to give a shout uh, to Gyllenhaal in uh, Far From Home. Mm-hmm. Uh, just really, yeah. just chewing it up, laying it on, and putting it out. He was mm-hmm. on one in that movie. Um, just had Absolutely. to say that. Sure. Um, what is your number five? My number five is Toy Story 3. That is my number three. Um, yeah, just <laughs> for the sheer fact of just what it did to me in the theater. Like, yep. mm-hmm. like back to that, back to that point that I made earlier of just like, you know, yes, you have your comfort foods and then you have your things that are just going to fuck you up. This was both of those mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. to extreme degrees. Uh <sighs> Yeah, I can't talk about it anymore. It just, it was. I still cry my eyes out every time we watch it. Yeah. I, we just watched it for Jillian's. She wanted to watch all the Toy Story movies. Toy Story is now her favorite movie, which gets me emotional in and of itself. And I watched that final scene and I'm just a fucking puddle. It's, it's everything you wanted. It's the greatest movie trilogy of all time. I don't know what will beat it. I know there was a fourth movie. It's the greatest movie trilogy of all time. The best way to... Did you see Toy Story 4? Yeah. Okay. Here's the best way I described it uh, to somebody recently. I was like, Toy Story 4, as we rated it on Married with Movies, it's a solid 8. Mm-hmm. There's nothing inherently wrong with it. The problem is, a Toy Story 8 is a 4. You know what I mean? Like, you have... If Toy Story is an 8 mm-hmm. on its level, that is so cataclysmic <laughs> for your experience with it because the first three are just out and out tense. They're just, there's perfect filmmaking and three is the perfect. It's not even the cherry. It's the, it's the fucking whipped cream and the cherry because you get, 
you're fun and you get the natural conclusion and you get everything you wanted in this perfect little package. Yeah. I probably need to rewatch it, but I'm not nearly as high on two as, as, as you are. Um, neither, neither Sam and we went over that, but even still two gets two is the start of Pixar saying, all right, we're going to get into some things here. Yeah. Like yeah. the whole, Jesse, it depends on really how you feel about Jesse. Like Sam hates Joan Cusack, which means she does not like Jesse as a character. Which is great because our daughter's now sleeping with a Jesse doll in her bed every night. But like, it all depends on how that impacts you. It's it's still it's still fan fucking tastic. Um, yes, Toy Story three is my number three. Absolutely, this is your five. I mean, that was going to be your your other animated movie. Yep. My number five is The Wolf of Wall Street. That is uh, an honorable mention for me. Just mm-hmm. it was. I had to pick between Florida Project and Wolf of Wall Street, and I went yeah. Florida Project. Um, I go ahead. I've been on the Wolf of Wall Street like binge. Like I feel like I've basically rewatched the movie on YouTube over the past like two or three weeks. <laughs> it is just Scorsese and that cast firing on all cylinders and. A lot of people, unfortunately, don't understand that movie. Like, a lot of people have it as this, like, glorification and this this excess-filled, like, romp. No, that movie is actually, when you really watch it and listen to it Mm -hmm. and follow it, a scathing takedown of everything that's happening. Yes. (laughs) It is put together in a way that makes you know, listen. This is the most absurd thing you're ever going to see in a theater, almost. Yeah. Like, like this is not meant to put these people on a pedestal. Um, it's so fucking vulgar and funny. Maybe the funniest movie of the decade. Record for fucks, right? Record for fucks. Um, that's that's a great name for something. I don't know what yet. Uh, <laughs> record schmucks. Record for fucks. <laughs> Let's call the whole thing off. I would have watched. I would have watched it if it was called "Record for Fucks." Um, <laughs> that's, that is, that the, the most... is that the porn version of "Dinner for Schmucks"? Yeah, <laughs> still with Jeff Dunham. Um, <laughs> you have maybe the best performance of the decade in that movie, mm-hmm. DiCaprio. Again, mm-hmm. Not recognized. One of the best supporting Jonah Hill. It. It's it's brighter and so visual. Mm-hmm. Um, it has four or five of the most incredible scenes from beginning to end ever. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have McConaughey relaunching himself into the stratosphere mm-hmm. uh, just by being him fucking mm-hmm. self. Yeah, I'll forget. I'll never forget. You and me and Osmond went to Disney. Uh, I forget for what thing, and it had just come out, and I hadn't seen it yet. <laughs> and you and Osmond were talking about it. Osmond's like. It's the greatest fucking movie of all time, man. And I was like, it's high praise. <laughs> and then I watched it and I was like, immediately I was like, oh, he's not fucking far off. This movie's incredible. Yeah. It, it's it's definitely a an experience movie as well. So, so I uh you're 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 dead on about how it's like misinterpreted and whatnot. And mm-hmm. I just remember watching that movie, leaving the theater. And at the time, I was working at uh, an ad sales organization that you uh, spent some time at as well. Um, and I was more yeah. on the coordination side where I had to work with these uh, uh, sales folk. And I was just so <sighs> upset 
and so <laughs> dreading having to deal with some of these fucks after them seeing this movie. <laughs> Because sure. there was no way they were going to get the, the actual meaning out of that fucking movie. No. Nope. Um, yeah. It, uh, I, this is a podcast for another podcast, as Sam likes to say. Uh, yes. I love what – I haven't seen Silence, but as far as like some of his more mainstream uh, offerings these last few years between mm-hmm. Wolf of Wall Street and The Irishman – I love that mm-hmm. his movies are structured as whole experiences, which is part and part yes. why I think they're so long. Literally, Wolf of Wall Street mm-hmm. is is doing drugs, and yes, and <laughs> you have to come down and everything. Yeah, like you fucking start off and it's great and everything's bright and vibrant, and like you fucking peak and then like there's then there's the come down and then it's bad and then you fucking lose it all and. Uh, mm-hmm. Then you're like in a fucking perfect storm, and then you're <laughs> crawling to your car, uh, and and, and opening yeah. it with your foot, and 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 the Irishman is is getting old, getting old. and being old, and the movie takes these like meandering diversions that like happen when an old person tells you a story, and mm-hmm. and that's. That's an experience in a movie, and it's just like some next level shit. And um, and the Irishman's incredible. I just want to fucking be on the record saying that. Same. I, I was going to say I was. I, it probably will eventually end up being on this list. I watched it the one time because I only had that five hours to set aside. Um, did you watch the conversation uh, uh, with the four of them I on did. Netflix as well? Okay, good. I was going to say. Definitely watch that and get his perspective on it if you haven't, if you're listening to this. Mm-hmm. Also, that made me really just want Pacino to have an interview show. <laughs> yes. Pacino was just like so like, – like, it's the same thing we see f- to a much lesser extent on Table for Three on the WWE Network. There's always like one guy at the table that kind of like, like moves everything forward. Mm-hmm. And Pacino does that in that foursome, and he's great at it. And I'm yeah. like, what the fuck? else is he doing give Al Pacino fucking 50 million dollars to have him interview famous people on Netflix do it I completely I mean yes absolutely fucking kick Letterman out of here with that shit and give it to fucking Pacino Um, I completely forgot until I heard it on a podcast like yesterday or today that Pacino was in fucking Once Upon a Time in Hollywood I completely forgot Mm -hmm. very very briefly but he's a lot of fun yeah two very short scenes he had a good year, finally. Yeah. <laughs> finally, Al. Finally had a good year but again. Pacino back. Uh, what? So what's next? <laughs> uh, all right, so my year four was Social Network. Uh, so it's time for my four, uh, which I'm guessing no, you, is... You just went with Wolf of Wall Street. Should I be next? No, but yeah, the, my, Wolf of Wall Street was my five. Year five was Toy Story 3. And then your four was social net, which you already, which you already went over. All right. So What's your four? that'd be back to me with four. That's Wolf of Wall. Okay, go ahead. Yeah, my four is Whiplash. That's my number one. I I thought it would be. Yeah, I thought it would be. Uh, that is the aforementioned villain I was talking about earlier. Yep. Um. Oh yeah, I just I, I've been dying to rewatch it. 
uh, it's just an arrival of just, just awesomeness. It's it it's short. It's yeah. it's simple, but it nails the execution. And everything. Rewatch the it now. best it's line in this fucking podcast. <laughs> you can watch Whiplash twice. Yeah. Um, the best line I think I've heard this decade is there are no two worse words in the English language than good job. That moment right there is just the mic drop fucking dick of all dick moments that solidifies that character is just a pantheon everything. Mm-hmm. It's your number one, so I will let you take it away from there. Um, yeah, I just think that you could slice this movie a billion different ways and and get meaningful conversation um, out of every single one of it. Like, from the toxicity of it uh, to the uh, quest for like actually being great. And if you can make yourself great or if it's just something that has to be, uh, you could, yeah, you can, you can fucking have dissertations on this entire fucking thing and just like obsession over things. Um, Paul Reiser in this movie, uh, can, you know, just being just trying to be a good dad. Uh, I just love Paul Reiser showing up and shit this decade. Just like, just trying to be a good, good, good dude. Uh, fucking Stranger Things and whatnot. Good shit. Um, yeah, man. Uh, J.K. Simmons. What? I mean. What, what do you say? What do you say? That he won't I, fucking stick his hand on your throat and yell at you for. Hey, speaking of like YouTube compilations, I don't think there's like a month that goes by where I just like watch a scene from that movie of him. I've started actually legitimately using the phrase father fucking instead of motherfucking from that movie. Cause it's I, so much more visceral and meaner to say. Like here's, here's, here's what I think it is. Damien Chazelle made an action jazz movie. What the fuck? How does that happen? <laughs> I remember, I think I was like maybe one of the first movies like I saw after I moved to Chicago. <laughs> Uh, and like went to go see it because something else was sold out. I think Birdman mm. was sold out, which oh, you know. how, how sad! It's not on either of our lists. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Bird, don't get me wrong, Birdman was interesting. It was fine, but like, nah, dog, you didn't do it. Nope. Um, I just I yeah, was so amped. You said a lot of the things I already said anyway, so I'm just fucking yeah. stammering and stuttering at this point. I was so amped on it that uh, I'd already I'd heard the buzz about it, and we went on my birthday. Uh, we were like going to Universal for the day, and at night I was like, "Hey, I really want to go see Whiplash for my birthday." <laughs> so it was like ten thirty at night, and we just went. I think Samantha fell asleep in the middle of it just because it was like midnight, and she just was tired. And I was just sitting there, just like, "This is one of the most captivating things I've ever seen on film ever, and will ever see on film." Yeah, that. Uh, the that la- the the final concert is like up there with the fight and mm-hmm. cream, honestly. Mm-hmm. And let me be honest here, I'm not a Miles Teller fan. Oh, by no! all accounts, he seems like a shit bird. Yeah, oh, he is. He's, he's suitable for this. <laughs> this this movie, I think, like completely made him 
overvalued as an actor in general because he started sure. doing shit that he just couldn't do. Yep. I'm very excited about Top Gun this year. Oh, yeah. But I'm nervous because he is the lead in it. <laughs> is he? Yeah. And he's, he's, I think. No, but I mean, like, I is he? Oh, I know what you mean. He, but he'll be like the young guy, you know. Sure. And so whatever. is in Indiana Jones. It, it'll, it's fine. It'll mean, be fine. You mean Mutt Williams? Oh, fuck. Don't no, forget that was a name. I saw that. Uh, I saw his uh, that doll, and it wasn't an action figure. It was a doll at a toy store uh, this past week, and it took everything. It was like twelve dollars, and that's like two dollars too much for me to get that for Andrew's angry for Christmas. Uh, but so, if you find a cheap Mutt Williams for me, please send it my way so that I can be Andrew's angry shitty Christmas gift. Because that'll be very funny. All Thank right, you. man, take us home. All right. Uh, so. Four Whiplash, four Social Network. So my three was Toy Story three. So what is your three? Actually, you take us. You start uh, taking us home. My three. Have we have we said your t- two yet? We've not said my two. No, my two is not going to be on your list. Okay, my we two is one? something separate. Well, my one, I'm guessing, is your three. Get out. Yeah, Get Out's my number one. Um. And again, for the just... record, Get Out is Get Out is I think in my top five all time movies ever officially. I wouldn't begrudge that. Um, immensely rewatchable, uh, iconic performances. Um, gathering new things every time. It's a, it's a, it's a deep, rich text. Um, uh, uh, on the page and on the screen, uh, Steven Root again, um <laughs> and yeah it just it it's it, it's it's a darn near perfect movie i i i wouldn't say darn it is a perfect movie it is there's so much subtext in everything there is not a wasted piece of Words, a wasted piece of. Uh, I top your Artur commenter and say a wasted piece of Mison Sen. Sure. If you want to fucking go there, uh, there is not <laughs> a accidental fucking nanosecond of that. That is one of the most meticulously crafted anything's ever. Out of what was just everyone just assumed to be this silly little horror movie by. <laughs> Not Keegan Michael Key, <laughs> right? <laughs> and then uh, on the like, I saw the commercials. I'm like, get out, okay. And then the reviews came. I'm like, oh, 98, 99%, cool, 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 cool. And then of course we had Jillian, so like I wasn't able to like, go in theaters. And then like after a couple weeks, everyone just talking about like, oh, this is this is legendary. Like this is an immediate like stamp in time. Did you I not see bet. this in theaters? I did not see this in fucking theaters. Oh, I saw this God. for the first time. I know. There are two movies that I, before I die, I have to see on a big screen. This is one that is well, Pulp Fiction. I've never not seen even, Pulp Fiction. Not even so much before. seeing it on a big screen, but seeing it with an audience. <laughs> seeing that movie with and an see, audience, especially like in the first I didn't know weeks, what was happening, too. Didn't know what was yeah. happening, but also like, 
it's you're getting a very diverse crowd and it and the energy is just fucking alive in that theater i know it it eats me alive but i saw it by myself off of fucking augie's buddy's illegal streaming service (laughs) (laughs) like months after the fact and as soon as i saw it was available i was off i put it on i sat here I watched it and I was just, this is what I was missing. And then I think I rewatched it literally within like a week. And I've probably already seen it like 10, 20 times at this point. Um, and it just gets better and better and better every time I fucking watch it. I've seen um, it twice in theaters. I just remembered that. Damn. Yeah, I, I just to get the experience like... That's like a top five time machine moment for me. It's like, if I get a time machine, I'm going back opening weekend and just watching that with people. <laughs> this is like experience, like what people were experiencing with it. Um, it's, it's so smart. It's so now I, it is, it is definitively forever. I think in my top five favorite movies. Yeah. Um, so that was your three. Creed was your two. And whiplash was your one. Mm-hmm. Get out was my ones. It was missing. My two, a movie I don't think you've probably seen, but very much in the same realm, maybe even the same year as Get Out. My number two is Moonlight. Ah, haven't seen it. Moonlight is the most beautiful movie I think I've ever seen. I um, I very vividly remember the episode of Married with Movies that you and Sam did, and... Yeah, the, this is how you know a movie is great. Is the first time, the first time my wife sees it, if she immediately recognizes it as a ten, that's a great movie. She's a <laughs> pessimistic bitch. Uh, <laughs> um, and it was the same thing as Get Out. Didn't see it in theaters. Had to follow up with it because of what was happening in my life. Put it on. I think actually, it was when Sam was already back at work, so it was just me and Jillian. She's like three or four months old. And so she was having a rough day. So, like, I had to keep pausing it. So it took me, like, maybe three hours to watch it. And I just, I couldn't be bothered with my child enough to <laughs> be like, can you just figure it out? <laughs> like, I know you can't. <laughs> but, like, I have to experience this right now because it it tells, it tells such a, a necessary story in such a necessary way. And it is unabashed in what it is. And it ultimately tells just this person's life in three key parts and moments. And Mahershala Ali, who's somebody who I saw in a Law & Order SVU episode 15 years ago, and I was like, that guy's great. Let me look him up. What does he do? And I was like, man, it sucks. Not much. And now he's a multi-time Academy Award winner. Um Finally seeing him get his due and finally getting to sink his teeth into something like this is just incredible. I am so happy that it beat La La Land. <laughs> well, that's funny. I was actually looking at your list right here, and it it seems like you actually had La La Land here at number two. Oh, you're right. You know, earlier I fucked it up. I would say that movie was. I still like La La Land. It's not a top 20 of a decade movie at all. So that's a movie but, uh, I saw with Zangry. And he loves that movie. That's in like his top five or top 10. Loved of it. Yep. He loves it. And he I, loves just, it. And I yeah. wanted to, I wanted to so yep. bad. Cause again, Damien Chazelle, I was like, he did whiplash. I'm yep. fucking on board. 
Yep. And, was, and we just like went to the bar across the street afterwards and just like talked about like why I didn't like it and why he liked it. And we're just like, all right, well, I'll see you later, man. <laughs> yeah. And I never saw him again. <laughs> never saw him uh, again. Uh, earlier, I was going to have a joke where I was like, well, my number one, it's obvious, Rich. It's Joker. Just to get your reaction. <laughs> but we talked about that in person. And honestly, I'm, I'm fine never, ever talking about that again. Oh, sure. Oh, no. Oh, I have no, I have no intent of talking about it right now. I just like meant it's a like conversation I that should have been s- on a podcast, but to, it, the moment has passed. We'll talk about it after it wins so much at the Golden Globes that it, uh, in fact, affects the Oscar race and it pisses me off like uh, a lot of things of from shit. last year. Uh, I'm just saying, hey, but Golden Globes well, are I know, this I know. Sunday too. I get so it. They're, they're, see what happens. My um so yeah so Moonlight's yeah. my number two guess my number one uh what's the rest of your top twenty to see how much we share in that uh real quick uh before that I just um when you were talking about looking Mahershala Ali up after seeing a, an episode of SVU uh that just triggered an idea for a game that probably you and Sam would have to play are they they're still mm-hmm. making new seasons of SVU right. Oh, God, they're in the middle of their Jeffrey Epstein two-parter with Vincent Kartheiser as Jeffrey Epstein. I can't deal with anything that you just said right now. <laughs> it's way too late for that, but go on. Um, I want, after every new season, I want you and Sam to have an unknown SVU actor draft. I like that. And then just track their progress over like the next however many years. Um, an even better, an even better idea on that is doing uh, "Let Sleeping Dogs Like Fibs," where you come up with a famous actor damn. having a storyline in SVU, one real and one made up. Uh, Spencer, well, I know he's not listening to this. Um, <laughs> no, no. All right, so here's uh, here's just my honorable mentions and whatnot mm-hmm. um, that hasn't already been mentioned. Uh, yes, Twenty One Jump Street. I, it was in the running for my bridesmaid spot, but I ultimately didn't write it down. I I was like desperately trying to like think of more comedies, and and twenty one and twenty two were just like arguably like some of the hardest laughing experiences you'd have. Lorded Miller deserved a spot somewhere here. Lego Movie yes. is another great animated movie. I, that, that was the next one I had because Lego Movie, mm-hmm. as a concept itself, shouldn't, shouldn't have worked. Shouldn't, shouldn't have worked at all, and it was excellent. Um, could have been the emoji movie was not <laughs> uh, next up the conjuring uh, just as far as horror movie movies go and like ushering in this new fad of like art house or horror movies that was kind of like the first one mm-hmm. to sort of do that um, Star Wars the last Jedi um, I need to rewatch it again uh, but it was at it was it was a Star Wars movie that was actually willing to fuck you up. Um, Mm -hmm. which was cool. Uh, Moana. Um, that's a movie. uh, That's a movie I can rewatch a lot. And I've listened to the soundtrack so much. And one of my favorite parts is how in the theatrical version of your welcome, when it gets towards the end of the rocks rap, he just kind of goes like, but on the soundtrack and the deluxe version, Where Lin Manuel is actually doing the rap, there's words there. <laughs> I the think about just, that every time it's on because the rock just charismas over it. <laughs> yep, 
Of course he did. Uh, you think you've heard that soundtrack a lot, Rich. Try oh, me. <laughs> I'm sure. Yeah. I mean, that's ultimately why I didn't make my list because I've just heard it too much. <laughs> adjusted for not having a kid, I've listened to it a lot. Yes. Um, and then the last one on my honorable mentions is a movie that I uh, saw it once and it's just been lodged in my fucking brain. Uh, and also, there's just the Jimmy Buffett connections, but the Beach Bum. Um, Ooh, oh, God. Thanks for giving me that money on the uh, the movie league last year. I appreciate that. I, I watched it on Hulu, so you're you were nothing. We won anyway. I hadn't really seen like a Harmony Corinne movie beforehand, um, and I probably won't after. Nope. But I that movie visits me in the night sometimes. Um, I I fucking love it. It's it's great for the Martin Lawrence segment alone. It's fucking worth it. I have to still see it. I, I, we were so far ahead that season. I didn't need to see it for the points, but I still wanted to watch it just because I wanted to watch it. Oh, it's spring break, mind fuck. So, yeah. Uh, my honorable mention list. I already mentioned Logan and Guardians of the Galaxy. I also have uh, a Star is Born. It killed me that I have a Star is Born on my list, but a Star is Born will last the test of time. I don't. Uh, Inception. Did Did you like? I don't know that I ever got your opinion on that. You really like that? Uh, you really like Star is Born, huh? We, oh, we've never really. I, I are you being think, sarcastic? No, <laughs> I, I, like I haven't seen it, so I, I I don't really have an opinion on it. I just don't know that oh. I've ever heard your opinion on it. So, as much as I was mad about Social Network over King, not over King's Speech earlier, A Star Is Born, a Green Book, is fucking gun in my mouth inducing. Well, like, Green Book and Star Is Born is Bradley Cooper just locked in having a moment being a really skilled director telling a story that's been told plenty of times but it's told in an incredible way with an incredible message gaga kills it i fucking love a star is born was my favorite movie last year um that wasn't like a marvel movie without question uh lincoln just for sally field's traps um but also you know just the greatest living actor doing his damn thing as well uh inception uh, Lincoln. Oh, man. I wanted to put that on there so bad, but I felt like I'd get judged for it. But I won't. No, no. Nope. Uh, Inception. Uh, Gone Girl. And Fincher still being Fincher in maybe the second or third greatest villain performance of the decade. That was another one that should have been on my list. Talk about a movie that'll fuck you up. Oh, God. I married it. D- terrifies me. Um, uh, it. Chapter one. Yeah. It's a horror movie and it's popcorny. Um, a recent entry that I have to rewatch, but sitting immediately, I loved Dr. Sleep. And I think it will have a life and a cult following akin to The Shining because it nailed everything it meant to do while not seeming like a cash grab, while seeming like a genuine piece of like filmmaking and telling a story. Mm-hmm. I can't speak highly enough about it, especially if you like The Shining. And then my last two, Life of Pi. Um, That's unexpected, but not out of place. Beautiful. No, Sam and I, it was like one of the first movies we watched for Meredith movies, and it shocked me, like yeah. how much it affected me. I and then one I'm surprised. Yeah. It's fine. Yeah. One I'm surprised you didn't mention, The Cabin in the Woods. Oh, fuck me. Yeah, I, it was it was on my top ten for a brief moment as well. Um, just the perfect horror comedy 
fucking yeah, it's yeah. I'm replacing social network with that. <laughs> <laughs> no, fuck my number four. Baby. Um, I meant for TV earlier. So oh funny. fuck me in the ass and foot. What? It's very late. It's later for you. Do you have work tomorrow? Uh, yeah, I have to be working six and a half hours. Oh, dude, why'd you let this happen? Because this is what I live for, baby. Three hours know. of talking TV and movies that we haven't talked about all year for the whole decade. We were hey, very listen, We close an hour early tomorrow, which is disgusting because it's, it's New Year's Eve. And I have to go potentially buy a car tomorrow before I go to a New Year's party. Ooh. Please, can we stay up as late as possible and do more? <laughs> I don't want to have today continue <laughs> well i do have my podcast list uh, already made <laughs> if you want to read it quickly go ahead <laughs> uh sure this is uh uh what do i have here 10 homecoming which was also a pretty good show uh honorable mention for that uh nine the BS i still recorded. have it on my phone i have not listened to it yet listen to it they're, they're, fucking knock them out they're very quick um, i know i know and then I know. watch it on amazon prime it's very good. Mm-hmm. Uh, nine, the BS report, because we literally listened mm-hmm. to a man get fired. Uh, Don't get fired, Bill. Uh, eight, WTF. He had on fucking Obama and Lauren and still makes. Uh, he's just. He's a. Say what you will about Mark Marin. He's a good actor and a good interviewer, man. What the fuck? Can you tell uh, you're in Spencer's Mark Marin story very quickly? <laughs> oh, yeah. I have that recorded, too. I want to like put all the in-between show, uh, Podslam shows as a compilation. But real quick, uh, while everyone was in town for Podslam, um, Spencer and I were walking <coughs> uh, to Lou Malnati's to get pizza with the rest of the guys. We're going to meet everyone up there. Uh, also in town that weekend to do a show was Mark Marin. And as we're across the street to go to Lou Malnati's, uh, I like, Nudge Spencer in the arm. I'm like, oh, I think that's Mark Marin over there. I think it's like Jonah Ray too. And he's like, is it? I don't really, I don't think so. I can't really tell. And as like we're walking uh, and crossing each other on the crosswalk, Spencer just like makes eye contact with Mark Marin. And he's like, oh hey. And Marin just goes, eh. And he's like, Spencer turns <laughs> and he's like, oh shit, yeah, that was him. That was right. It's every time I visualize Mark Marin, I see Mark Marin thing, I just think of Spencer going, Hey, and yeah. <laughs> like, it's just it's like the funniest, the funniest affirmation. I would expect no other interaction with him ever but it, that. It, exactly. Like it's what you want. <laughs> you know? Yep. I, I don't want to have a conversation. I just want him to be mad that he was recognized. Yeah. Like same situation, but it's Tom Hanks across the street. Like if Tom Hanks doesn't like Turn around, go back to the side of the street that you're going to, have a full on conversation, l- laughs, and then like buys you a coat. Tassel your hair. Tassel your <laughs> hair, and then like, you know, takes down like your number so he could send you a nice pair of shoes. Like, <laughs> that's the experience you want from Tom Hanks. Marin, you fucking mm-hmm. got exactly what you want. Um, An honorable mention on my TV list now has to be uh, Mystery Science Theater 3000, uh, The Gauntlet, specifically Mac and Me. <laughs> Well, as far as uh, honorable mention goes, I'd say that's pretty nice. Pretty nice. Um, number seven, uh, I have the art of wrestling. We literally listened to a man get into a lawsuit. Um, <laughs> and now he's a friend. <laughs> and <laughs> now he's a friend. Uh, number six, I have Smodcast just for being mm. influential on us. Uh, yeah. Number five, I have Binge Mode. 
uh, of the ringer and it's um, mm-hmm. very fucking good at what they do. Uh, number four of yeah. the black tapes, uh, which is like an audio drama that will actually make you scared. Um, number three, I've how did this get made for Manzuka's re- reasons as, uh, described earlier. Um, number two, I have my favorite. Oh, wait. Oh yeah. Those are honorable mentions. Uh, I should fucking move that up actually. Whatever. Number two is my favorite murder just for the fucking powerhouse that it is. They just inked like an eight figure deal, which is mind boggling to me considering just like a, the simple idea that they started with. Um, yeah. and also, yeah, still very listenable. Um, and then number one cereal, it's the one that, you know, fucking of course. like season one. Yeah. Season one. Yes. Um, season three the, is very good. Yeah, it is. Season three is very, very good. Super underrated. Mm-hmm. I'd say, um, it is. uh, I have two honorable mentions. Uh, one is Doughboys, uh, just cause it's a fast food review podcast. Um, and they get really funny guests, and they're like, once you get used to the dynamic between Nick Weiger and Mike Mitchell, like, God, you just fucking eat it up, pun intended. Uh, and then uh, above that, honorable mention, I have S Town, because uh, I just wrote S Town down. What an engrossing piece of audio. Yeah, S Town. S Town, like, inspired me to do something like that. Like, S Town was very much like a big. Yeah a big influencer on like what I potentially wanted to do with this medium. And unfortunately I don't have the time to do with a child now, yeah. but absolutely love S town. Uh, I wanted to give uh, the only other ones you missed. I would say were, um, Dilton Paul Podswoggle. I was um, not, spe- I was specifically not doing any arcade <laughs> I shows. Know. Um, I, I know. I Ooh, will. Holy shit. What? No, I, just, I, I went to my podcast app to like just like see if anything else I could even mention or throw out there, and I saw today's rewatchables. Uh, it's Dunkirk with oh, Tennessee Chris Ryan and fucking Tarantino. Yeah. I didn't see that today because I was so busy at work. That'll be interesting. Yep. And maybe unbearable. <laughs> uh, I think, as uh, Fennessy said, uh, we obliged Tarantino because he wanted to do, do, do Dunkirk. Um. Uh, also, I haven't, I haven't even finished Dunkirk. How do you rewatch Dunkirk? <laughs> uh, also, the rewatchables uh, with the Safty brothers doing Happy Gilmore was also fucking excellent. Uh-oh. Um, absolutely. I, I went on a big binge mode with re- rewatchables over the past like month, month and a half, and good. There's plenty I could say. That. Yeah, it's, it's very uh, good. Yeah, frustratingly good. Um, I know. One last honorable mention for podcast for Comedy Bang Bang. Not the biggest Aukerman guy. And for me, if a show like if you listen to a show based on the guests, like it's not the best sign. Um, but it did basically build Earwolf. So and they're one of the Titans. Eh, so, you know. Yeah, as you said earlier, they're millionaires. So, yeah. Yes. The, the honorable mention, I think they'll be fine with. Well, um, we but, have real quick, just on 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 the arcade uh, side of things. Um, mm-hmm. I do think that uh, uh, a lot of our shows, especially recently, like are quality wise, like there, if not better than a lot of the shows that we just talked about podcasting wise. Um, sure. Like Lakeshore and Limbo is on a whole nother fucking level right now. Um, shared history, like they're just fucking 
so jacked about fucking history. It's it's very fun to watch. Um, and like, yeah, just everything we've been doing for the last 10 years. Yeah, we've been doing 10 years. 10 years. We've 10 years. I mean, technically before 10 years because of Rockcast, but yeah, we don't talk about or 11 years. I, why did I go the other way? <laughs> um, was it, was it 09 or was it even 09? It was, it was early 09, I want to say. Oh, okay. Whenever the correspondence dinner was. Yep. That's the frame of reference I always have to go based off of. Because <laughs> uh, the AA Milne had been dead for 100 years, so I can't go based off of AA Milne. Um, well, that was 2010s. Uh, 2020, man, it's going to be hard to, to top this in terms specifically for quality TV and film. It was a weird decade for film. But the the top stuff we agreed on what one two three four five five of our ten top ten and for TV we agreed we didn't on have more overlap for a lot of those. I was I I think for movies I think that's about right for TV I knew there wasn't going to be much just because there was yeah. so much was, like yeah yeah and we and also the we talked about before air the difference between the two of us. You having done a TV podcast for several years and also being more accessible to watch TV, whereas me having a movie podcast and that being it, we were always going to, I think one of us is always going to have yeah. more of one than the other in terms of how to whittle it down. Um, but uh, but yeah, thank you guys so much for indulging us on this Everyone else is doing their decade wrap up. We we've never done a decade wrap up before, so we we did a big ass decade wrap up. Wrap up. Hope you enjoyed it. I've been talking for like seven hours, so sorry if I'm I'm even more mumbly than usual. Thank you for listening to the blank slate here on the Arcade Audio Network. patreoncom slash Audio for bonus content. Rate, review, and subscribe wherever you get your podcast. Make sure you are definitely subscribed to the blank slate. You never know when another one's coming. Um, so you always want to make sure that you get those episodes when they pop up. You can follow us on Facebook and Twitter. Um, just like all the other shows in our network, arcadeaudio.net is where you can find them, just like all the, uh, the podcasting mediums we mentioned. And any individual plugs, we'll start now. Like I said, Married with Movies is the podcast that me and my wife have where we go in-depth on movies. We're approaching our 300th episode here in uh, in a couple months, which is crazy. Um if I think the Mullet Award nomination voting will still be open when this is airing. So go to arcadeaudio.net slash Mullet Awards and vote on what you thought the best in the movies we watch on the podcast for 2019 are. Uh, Toy Story 3 is a nominee for Best Movie. Creed is a nominee for Best Movie. So um, let your voices be heard if you think one of those or one of the other ones we watched is uh, is worthy. And, uh, yeah, support us there. Rich? Uh, please just listen to all of the arcade audio podcasts uh, and tell literally every person you know about them. Mm-hmm. And not just tell them, but commandeer their phone, open up their podcasting <laughs> app of choice, and subscribe them. Um, you know, we're really trying to make make this whole gig less of a gig and more of a real job uh, this year because uh, we just want to we have so many ideas for shows and, and for new shows and our current shows 
Um, and if we're able to actually just like devote the time to that and to them, um, we can really do some amazing things, uh, more so than we've already been doing. So yeah, so all the shows and also, uh, personally, you could just follow me at rich cami on Twitter and Instagram. I'm starting to do some more, uh, live performing and producing and whatnot. Um, so yeah, you could just catch all that through those mediums. Anything else on 2010, Rich? It was all right. <laughs> it was fine. It was, you know, well, you know, it was, it just barely snuck in Cats, which is my number one movie, my number one TV show, my number one documentary. Imagine if Cats was a fucking documentary. It's my that number would one, be the most horrifying. It's my number one podcast. Later. <laughs> Podcats? Much better. For Rich, this is Mullet sending out for the blank so you go ahead and delete this now. Catch us later. Thank you for playing Arcade Audio. Play more at arcadeaudio.net.